Ever wonder what married men think? Well, I do. My name is Jory O'Neill, and I am on a quest to learn what makes men say, I still do, even when they feel like they don't. Join me as we embark on a journey of discovery and exploration into the mind of a godly man. Hear real stories of love, marriage, parenting, and everything in between. Each week, learn practical ways to keep your vows renewed well after the honeymoon. I still do. Do you? Welcome back, people, to the I Still Do Golly Man's Perspective on Marriage podcast. I am your host, Jory O'Neill, with my amazing co-host, Donald D. Owens Jr. and Terrence D. Wilson. What up? The band's back together again for season two. How are you gentlemen feeling today? Excited. Let's go, baby. In Donald's excitement, he decided to travel to the Matrix. It sounded like he said he wanted to share some women. I hope he said wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) I hope that was wisdom and not women. Um, because that would be bad. <laughs> I mean, it's season two, but we ain't taking that much of a, of a turn. We, we still, we still married. <laughs> we still married up in here. Um, so I'm gonna let, uh, Donald go ahead and figure out, um, how to fix, uh, whatever this audio issue he's having. Um, but so this season, we are going to discuss all things child rearing. Um, both of you have children, right? Terry, how many children do you have currently? Seven. Seven children. Okay. So uh, how many grandchildren do you have? Oh, you got jokes. Two. Two. Yeah, I have jokes. I'm a comedian. I what? That was a silly question. You don't have any grandchildren? No, you don't want to tell the people. Oh no, I said two. I said two. two. All right, two grandchildren. So, um, and Donald, if you can come out of the matrix for a moment, uh, how many children do you currently have, sir? Am I am I free from the matrix? Yeah, you're free from the matrix. Woo! More awesome. kids. Let them awesome. out. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, and I did say wisdom, not women. I did say wisdom. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, we currently have um, four children, the fifth one on the way. So we have three biological uh, that are here, one adopted, and then one that's in the womb baking. And no grandchildren. No grandchildren. Okay, so uh, what I just heard was that y'all got way too many children. Um, so you are the perfect humans to have these discussions with. Today, we're going to discuss ways in which we respond to our children. So today's, uh, I guess, topic or the title for today's podcast conversation is Answer Gently. Answer Gently. Um, and we're going to talk about this because I have four children myself. Um, all biological, all here currently, um, working my nerves. And 
I, at times, and I know it might be hard to believe, I do not answer them gently. So I would love to be able to, to have a nice conversation concerning what your thoughts are on how your tone and how your response impacts your child. So Terry, if you could share, I guess, first off, do you feel that you answer gently to your children? I feel I answer according to the situation. That's my answer. That seems very unlike your previous responses. Usually you're overshare and now it sounds like you're a holder backer. That's what it sounds like to me. <laughs> it sounds like we're doing some holding backing. Nah, I, I feel like I, I answer my kids according. Before it was always direct, um, a little, a little loud, you know, that's because I felt that's what had to be done. Um, now it's a little bit more gentle, but still direct. And if I have to get loud, it's because they're doing something very, very retarded or stupid or something of that nature. Um, so, but for me, it's really according to the situation. Cause you know, my three oldest, I don't have to get loud with them. They're grown. I just talk to them. Like I talk to everybody else, even when they do things that stupid, I did things that stupid. So I can't get mad at them for doing stupid stuff. I just got to guide them. Now the two in the middle, you know, one seventeen, well, finna be 17. The other one's finna be seven. So the communication with them will be somewhat of the same as the oldest ones because I'm gearing them for the next stage. Now, Cammy, Cammy gets the, you know, her and Liberty, Liberty get more of a, a well gentle um, approach. Cammy, she gets, uh, hey, don't be doing that. What you doing? Stop it. You know, type of thing. Even when she get ready to cry, my, my thing is when she get ready to cry and I see her face forming. No, 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 no. Stop that. Hey, fix it. Fix it. Fix it. What you crying for? You did it, so therefore you got to deal with the punishment. Don't be crying. Fix it, fix it, fix it. If she hit her head, it's the same thing. Oh, you'll be okay. Fix it, fix it, fix it. And it's just because, like, I don't know if that's bad or good, but at the same time, knowing that you're going to hurt yourself in life. And at times, yeah, cry, get it over with, but you got to keep moving on. You can't sit here and dwell and cry forever. So my thing is get the tears out and go. Yeah, she's only eight months, but that's something that when she get older, she'll understand that, hey, I'm not trying to hear this. Daddy won't let me cry. I don't want to cry. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. It's just certain things. I'm just different when it comes to kids crying because I know you're going to hit your head again and then you're going to cry again. So in no sense of boohoo balling, like it didn't hurt that bad because you did it again. You know, so you. I'm just saying, I know everybody like, oh my God, I can't believe he's a dad. <laughs> <laughs> well you said it so i mean <laughs> i'm just saying because i know i know the way it sounds like yo this dude is really hard on an eight month nah i'm not hard i mean i do love her on her baby her but at the same time is i can't allow her to cry and think she's going to get everything that she wants when she cry because if you allow that now even though she's you know she's eight months eventually that's going to become a pattern they cry. I mean, right now we understand that's how they communicate. But you at a point to where you can cater, get them, you change their way they're communicating 
to where they can get your attention by doing other things other than crying because kids learn a lot faster than what they was doing when we was growing up. You know what I'm saying? They learn a lot faster. And if the parent is more patient and willing to guide them in that direction, then of course, they're going to be able to communicate effectively as they get older. And as they grow, they won't be whining to get the things they want. They'll come have a discussion to get the things that they want. And that's what I want for her. All right. That was a lot. Um, so, you know, I, we, I, your address and everything is not in the show notes. So ACS has no idea where you live. Um, and they don't even know what state you're in. We're not even going to say the state. We're just going to keep it moving. Uh, no, it's, and so I, I enjoy hearing how different humans are being raised, uh, across this great nation of ours. Um, and that's, that's part of the conversation, right? How do you raise a child in this generation, um, with with a lot of the things that are happening in the world, right? Especially black and brown children. How do you raise them? How do you maintain their their safety yet prepare them for the harsh, cruel realities of some of their possible experiences, right? So I love that. Um, get her to communicate in various ways and you speak to your children in a way that matches, I guess, what they give you. So you just matching energies. If they come at you sideways, maybe you respond sideways, but that's mainly because that they're the older ones, right? Uh, they have more uh, capabilities in terms of communicating properly. So I like it. Donald, if you're able to jump into this conversation, uh, how important is it for you to answer your children gently? Um. <laughs> I'm I'm going to be on the side of, of, of Terrence here, uh, but I'm going to take mine to a little bit more extreme, in the sense that uh, it, it's not my job to answer them gently. It's 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 not my my job as their father, as I see it, is to prepare them for what needs to happen in the real world, or what needs to what they need to be prepared for. Um, now, I would never disrespect them. I would never talk down to them. But, uh, for instance, it's just, like, for me, as a dad, as a, as a teacher, as an educator, as somebody who's, who's lived in some of the, the worst neighborhoods in the city of Chicago, uh, put myself out there, right? Um, I, I know the importance of understanding directions and following them when they're being told. Like, my, my, my children don't have the luxury of being told something three or four or five times and still be safe. So a lot of the things that I've instilled into my children is to, is to be able to recognize, hear, understand my voice. When I say something, you do it point blank. Um, and I start that at, at a young age. Now that my, 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 my seven-year-old has come to a point where we can, we can communicate and have conversations and go back and forth and dialogue about, you know, the things that we're saying or what she's feeling in terms of like instructions that I'm giving them and why I'm giving them. But for like my youngest and my middle child, it's like, no, like I, I, I for instance, if I see you playing in a certain area and I say, come here now, like I'm not trying to stop your fun. I need you to come here now. 
because a car could be coming, somebody could be coming down the street. There could be somebody who looks like they're trying to abduct my child or anything of that nature. And that's just where I sit. And I think I'm comfortable with that because I have my wife who can provide that nurturing piece. Um, if I didn't have my wife and I was a single father, I would have to approach this in a, in a completely different angle and, and viewpoint. But thankfully, I do have my wife who is nurturing, who is um, extremely uh, encouraging while I'm so much more authoritarian, authoritarian, was it authoritative with my instructions for them as a, at a younger age and kind of loosening up as they get older. So I look at it as like an upside down triangle. Like I'm, I'm really tight and strict as they're young. So they understand the importance of, I need you to do what I say when I say it. And the older they get, we can have the conversations of why I'm telling you to do this. And then we could talk about making some changes and shifting shifts for you specifically going forward. I like it. Okay. Um, so I'm going to ask, I guess, Terrence, is there a difference in your opinion of your role versus your wife's role? Because this is kind of where Donald kind of led us, right? I asked about, answer gently, how important is it? And, and then he mentioned that as the father, right, as the authoritarian in the house, right? The individual who kind of like sets the rules, lays down the laws of the household in order to, to keep his children safe, the future children safe, right? The way that they respond to him now is going to play a large role in how later on in life they respond to other authoritative figures, right? So if the police ask them to do something or if a teacher asks them to do something or if their boss asks them to do something, They've been trained in the home to respond appropriately. Um, would you say that that you and your wife share the same responsibilities in terms of how you respond to your children? Or do you think that as the husband, as the man, as the father, that your role is different? That's a good question, because, uh, you know, we have one together in the house and then the other one is um, she had prior to me, to us getting together. And then my other children are with their mother. So um, that's a different story. But as far as the communication with me and her, as far as our roles in talking to the children and being disciplined, like she would tell me I'm hard on Cammy. Like, oh, she's a baby, you know what I mean? And when it comes to lips, it's more of a, establishing my role you know um Chelsea does bag me with a lot of things that we that I say um and some things that she may not agree with um we will discuss you know because for a long time Chelsea has been the nurturer and the disciplinary um in, in Liberty's life so now I'm coming in trying to establish that role and like I tell Liberty and I told Chelsea as well as Liberty's father like my role in this house is not to replace anybody or control the situation. My role dealing with Liberty is to help you to raise Liberty and keep her 
safe. And that's my role as Liberty Stepfather, as the man of the house, is to help you guys raise your daughter and keep her safe. Um, now, as far as Cammy, you know, that's that's my child, you know what I mean? So, but my role in this house dealing with her is to also raise her with Chelsea and keep her safe. So when it comes to that particular question, it, it's it's a a 50-50 because Chelsea is still the disciplinary one when it comes to, to liberty. I may say something here and there, and you know, it has to go because Chelsea has taught Liberty to when she speaks to an adult is yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. So she automatically is taught to give that respect to older people, especially when they're asking her questions and stuff like that. Um, so and she's been doing a good job. I mean, we still having, you know, learning how to co-parent um, together. Cause like I said, we just not having Cammy together and then she's been disciplinary. So we're learning. And I think, um, I don't think there is a role for us in this house. Like I said, we don't have any gender roles in this house. Like I can nurture as well as discipline and Chelsea could do the same at any given time. Uh, who's better at it? Of course, nurturing, she's better. You know, disciplinary, it depends on what the situation is. Cause like me, I prepare them for what's next. Not the stage that they're at, but the stage that they're gonna be at. Um, so I don't talk to Liberty as a nine-year-old. We're not gonna have a nine-year-old conversation. We're gonna have like maybe a eleven-year-old conversation. You know, something above her intellect to where she has to ask me questions. You know, I don't want to say something and she automatically understands it, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. I want to say something where she has to think about the answer to where she has to ask me a question. That way it's going to broaden her views on what's going on. You know, I teach her, I'm teaching her my business right now. You know, as far as the things that we have to do in the business, Liberty knows some of those things. She knows it's some better than some of the agents that we have. But that's because I'm preparing her for entrepreneurship, whether it's in this industry or another industry. You know, so that's where I'm at in dealing with this. I'm preparing them for what's next, not where they're at. Because we have to think, what's our next move? What's your next goal? What's next? What's next? Because we could accomplish everything we want to, but what are we going to do once we accomplish that one particular goal? What's next? So I'm teaching my children on what's next. Even the oldest, they know what's next. You know, daddy, this is what I got going on. They already know what I'm going to say. Okay, so, but this is what's next. You know, they can cut me off and say, this is what's next, because they know, like, I'm not, I don't care about what you're doing now, in a sense, I want to know what's your next move. Like, now you have kids, what's your next move? Like, what you're going to do now? How are you going to protect her? How are you going to protect him? What's next? So, and I probably went on and on and on, but that's my answer, in a nutshell, is we don't have a particular role, we both do them together, and She's better at nurturing, and I feel like I'm better at disciplinary in certain situations. Thank you. Um, so that actually uh, lends itself to a question, and we're going to talk about a topic now that um, it could get a little dicey, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, so what I heard from both of you is that 
there are certain things that your children need to learn in terms of respect, in terms of how to carry themselves, in terms of responding to folks in authority, right? As well as being mindful of next steps. So being goal-oriented, having maybe a growth mindset, right? Because Terry, you discussed how you don't speak to your child at the age that they are, but you approach them as the age that they're going to be in preparation for that. And, and so Donald, you also mentioned that you like to now have a dialogue with your seven-year-old and, and instead of just giving directives, now there's a discourse. What, what difference, if any, do you feel like, and I can only ask if you feel like, because right, you, you, you might not know, what difference do you feel like your, your parenting, your, your, the way that you respond, right? The gentle answer or the stern correction or the redirecting, what, what differences there do you feel that your children experience than their possible, possible uh, other cultures or their, their counterparts in their classes? So if, if they're maybe of Hispanic background or, or maybe they are Caribbean or maybe they are uh, Caucasian or European, like, do you feel like there's a difference in the way that, that you're answering your children versus other cultures? And again, if you don't know, because you're not that other culture, maybe you've not seen it, maybe you've not been exposed to it, but I, I would love to maybe dip a toe in that conversation if possible. So what difference do you feel like your answer to your children, specifically as African-American children, is different than their counterparts? Um, I can go ahead and start that one because, you know, it, with remote learning last year, you know, we got a chance to see how, uh, you know, my daughter's classmates actually perform, you know, in certain environments, right? And um, to see like their parenting styles and things of that nature that happened, you know, supposedly behind closed doors or, you know, in, in the household. And uh, while I can't really talk about uh, other cultures in terms of her classmates, because she goes to a predominantly uh, a black school, um, but even within our culture, it just seemed that it seemed like um, a lot of other parents, you know, really played the the friend card or the the logical thinking card for kids who, you know, are more reactive than actually logical logically thinking. Like, like it just it kind of just blew my mind seeing how some of the parents handled certain situations, and you could tell how ineffective it was because things just kept going. Um, and while, you know, granted, my child did act up a few times, the, the teacher definitely saw a difference once it was addressed um, with the conversations or whatever else you want to say happened. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I do see a big difference with some of the, some of the other parents who don't have that same um, ideology, ideal as I do. Uh, when it comes to parenting uh, younger kids, little kids, um, you know, even when it comes down to like the, the, the pre-K with like my daughter who's in third grade where um, while at home she is, you know, a complete, uh, I would say, you know, the, 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 the terrible threes is not the, the, 
the, the word you want to use, right? It's the, the torturous threes. But for some reason, you know, it, 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 it translates into something completely different when she's at her school or at somebody else's home. Um, she knows how to act. She knows how to communicate. She knows how to uh, handle herself in other situations and with teachers because she, she, she knows what we tell her to do and what not to do at home. Um, and, you know, she, she, she pushes the envelope in a comfortable environment at home so that way she does not get herself into any danger or trouble when she's not with us. And, and you could tell that it's effective. Um, you know, I, I, could, I could say all day, oh, she's just three, it's all, it's cute, it's whatever. And then, you know, she feels like it, since it's safe to do it at home, I should be able to do it somewhere else. And, and no, that's not the case. And there are a lot of children out there now who, whose parents, I don't know, seem to be overcompensating for, for what they didn't have or they don't want to their children to relive whatever trauma they felt they have gone through. And they're just allowing their children to figure things out on their own instead of um, communicating in a stern manner what's appropriate and what's not before they even get into the environment that they need to practice that on their own. Thank you. That was that was uh, deep. And I saw you nod your head a lot, Terry. So that gives me the, the idea, the potential, that there were a lot of points that Donald just made that you agree upon. Um, I'll let you share your own thoughts, though, sir. Uh, absolutely. I, I agree on everything 100% on what he said. And that's uh, because I have seen it, you know, uh, maybe not in the educating environment, but more around out in public, you know, um, even with some of our family members on uh, how they raised their kids compared to how we was raised and the way they're raising their kids, there was no way in heck we could have got away with, with that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I see that and what and what I say and when I say this, it may rub a lot of people the wrong way when I say it and I really don't care, but I'm apologized, but I'm not apologizing. Um, the way you raise your kids is what is what you think is cute when they do things that we know we couldn't get away with and it's because it's a disrespectful thing. And if you allow that and you think it's cute, then you're setting your kids up for failure. Just 100% failure. Yeah, they may be very intellectual book-wise because we have always been taught to get smart. The main thing, graduate high school, then figure out your life after that. Well, I don't want you to graduate high school and then figure your life out after that. I want you to figure out your life while you're in high school. What is your goals? Where do you want to be? And if you say, if you tell your kids, I just want you to graduate high school and, and don't have any kids and that'll make me happy. No, you're stupid because you're putting that stupid goal in their head. That should be something just added to, hey, this is where your life should be headed. What is it that you want to do? Let me guide you that way or give you the tools to get to that point. And when you, like Donald said, when they think it's cute that kids are cussing at their mom because they're trying to be their friend and all this other stuff, you're not doing anything for, but teaching them that they don't have to respect authority figures. And that's one of the things that I don't condone disrespecting authority figures. And I know right now, some of the way society is set up, 
the authority figures is not really out to protect the ones that look like us and the brown people in a sense. And I don't care if people feel like I'm going overboard. It doesn't matter, but it's true because it's being seen out in the streets and what's going on. But if you teach your kid that it's okay to disrespect authority figures, when a police officer do tell them to do certain things and they get disrespectful and get violent and all that other things, then that's them putting themselves in that position because that's what you taught them. Not because they don't know any better. It's because you taught them that. You taught them it's okay to talk back to mommy so you could talk back to the teacher. It's okay that you talk back to daddy and throw shoes at him so it's okay for you to throw shoes and talk back to the police officer. It's okay for that because you taught them that by not disciplining them or you think that it was cute because you're trying to be their friend and don't put them through what you went through. I got my butt whooped. You got your butt whooped. Donald got his butt whooped. When he did do things, he got his butt whooped. And we are perfectly fine. <laughs> We're not crazy that much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, but that comes from my upbringing. We are very respectful to our elders. You know what I'm saying? And we teach our kids to be respectful to the elders because when we wasn't respectful, our lips ended up across the street. You know, and now... The kids know that they're so-called protected by the government the where the parents can't discipline them the way they used to. Now, I'm going to give you every bit of that love because that's all it is, is love, and I'm preparing you for what's next. Because when that dude that you're talking back to feel that you're being so disrespectful and decide to put their hands on you, whose fault is it? It's yours because you put yourself in that situation, and it's mine because I didn't teach so, yeah, my son, if he go out there and start a fight, he's going to start a fight because he wanted to start that fight. Not because I taught him, because he upset to go fight. Or my daughters, because all of them know how to fight. <laughs> but that's not, you know, it's really what the parent does. And, and I agree with Donald 100%. When you think it's cute, you're setting them up for failure, period. So... I, like I said, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go too far much into um, the the race talk, right? And, and have those conversations. But it's it's a difficult space to be in to talk about child rearing and the difference between parenting styles and and then not to come up. Um, and I love that Donald, you mentioned that even within our own culture, right? Within the black community, there is a, a very very contrast difference. Um, even in the way that I parent my children and the way that some of my students, right, because I teach high school, some of the way that my students are being parented. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's upsetting and it's disheartening uh, because these are the individuals whom are, are the next generation. These are the ones who are going to be supposedly in charge, right, and to think that it's, it's cute to um, you know, not have respect for yourself and for others. Uh, it's not right. And so this whole season, we're just going to take a deep dive into all aspects of child rearing and what it means to, to do that married, because um, unlike like, so Donald came from a two parent household. Uh, Terry and I were raised by a single mom um, who later got married. But initially, like those first right, those those first years of childhood, were very much um, uh, maternal focus, right? Most of the humans that poured into us 
although we did have, you know, father figures around, most of that pouring was done uh, by mom, grandma, aunts, things of that nature. And so I think that the conversation needs to be had where you're seeing individuals who love God, who respect God, and who are trying their best to raise their children in a way and in a manner that seems best in terms of creating high baby. This this is beautiful, people. You look, look, I have a child. It's a child. You say hi to the people, baby. Hi, people and baby. All right. Off you go. Good job. I love that. It's a beautiful situation there. I might not edit that out. I might just leave it because he's so cute. Uh, but it's it's important to see folks who, who love God and who have respect for themselves and for their community raising children to do the exact same thing, right? People need to know that all hope is not lost for the next generation because there are folks out there who do care, who, who are pouring into their children, both men and women pouring into their children in, in hopes of creating a change, right? I can't duplicate what was done for me to me in me and I don't want to and I don't think we're supposed to I think we're supposed to learn from the experiences that we had and and it it, it might sound bad but we, we're supposed to experiment <laughs> like no one has this stuff figured out no one has marriage figured out no one has child rearing all figured out we're learning as we go um and so I'm, I'm excited for this journey I'm excited for this new season uh, of of discourse that we're gonna have because we're we're gonna learn we're all gonna learn together and where there's community there is power and my hope and my goal is that through these conversations that we learn to to grow together right not this you versus me us versus them mentality but we all learn to grow together because again where where there are humans like-minded humans joined together I don't honestly think there's anything that can stop us and so i'm excited i hope you all are excited um this is a dope conversation it's a kick things off season two of i still do the godly man's perspective on marriage um answer gently and sometimes maybe not so gently right uh, our answers need to be in direct proportion to what the situation entails and so i love i love how you said that terry and Donald, as always, uh, thank you for just your poignant responses. Um, I think it is super important to be mindful of the way that our children are being raised um, and even the friends and the environment around them because all that plays a part, right? They see the differences. They see, oh, well, how come Jimmy's parent does this and we do that, right? And I don't think that we should not have those conversations. I think that's a great place to start. Well, I can't really explain why Jimmy's parents does, does this particularly, but I can explain why we do this. What's the benefit of, of why we do it? What we're trying to set you up for? What are the possibilities of, of this showing up again in your life at some point? Um, and so answer gently, um, more so answer appropriately. I think, I think that's what I got from this conversation. So thank you gentlemen so much. Again, I appreciate your time. Season two, here we are, back together again, the dynamic trio. So excited, so excited. Gentlemen, are there any parting words that you have for our listeners? 
Love your children. Make sure that they feel your love and uh, curve whatever stress that you have in your life uh, to be focused on that stressor, not your kids. They, they should not have to suffer for whatever problems you have as an adult. Love that. Terry? That was solid. I don't even think I can uh, come back with anything other than repeating what he said. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like just know the kids are the future, like for real. People who may think that's a corny slogan or saying or even a campaign, um, but they are. And it's up to us as parents to gear them and prepare them for life. If we struggle financially, we should not allow our children to struggle financially. Um, if we struggle with mental problems, we should be there for our children to guide them through possibly having the same things, give them the tools to cope with everything that's gonna happen to them in life. We're still learning, because I didn't ever know how to father seven kids, especially one stepdaughter. You know, um, so we all learn in the process and raising kids and the kids growing is a, a each step and each year is a, a year of completion, a year of progress. So just keep that in mind that your kids is going to emulate you. And what you do is what your, your kids going to do 100% of everything you do wrong and 50% of everything you do right. So be careful what you do. And that was it for me. Beautifully said. And with that, this is the I Still Do Golly Man's Perspective on Marriage podcast with your host, Jory O'Neill, co-host, Sharon Steve Wilson, and Donald D. Owens Jr. Until next time, people. Peace, love, and hair grease. I think I can say that. If not, I'll cut it out later. Later. Love you guys. Stay well. Love you.